Hello, Great Minds. It's Tuesday, and that means it's time for Drinks with Great Minds in History as we get ready to discuss the beautiful, brave, bold mind of Christina, the girl king of Sweden. So welcome to the show, everyone. Maybe I'll remember to put in the music this time as opposed to last week's episode where I literally forgot to put in the music. But I'm your host, Zach DeBacco, otherwise known as Mr. TGMH. And as always, I am joined by our psychology all-star, Dr. Sherry Valensic, who is now officially in last place on the number of nicknames and monikers she has to start an episode. <laughs> Uh, the first lady of shots, Kelly Rizell, a three-finger jack herself, took a second nickname on, and Luke's got like seven in the wings, but I feel like I can't have more than one a season. But Sherry, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, thank you. I had a post-it note full of notes for today's episode, and I can't seem to find that either. <laughs> oh my. So far, Sherry has lost so, a slide, lost a post-it. You know, I started... But all is well. You did some shelling this summer. You traveled to South Dakota this summer and other places. And, and of course, did your... My old lady pastime of shelling, I actually did not do a whole lot of shelling this summer because shelling in Florida was kind of lousy this summer. Oh, uh, shelling no. is always better in the winter months, but uh, this summer mm-hmm. it was slim pickings. So that was a little disappointing, but uh, instead I watched uh, the entire uh, four seasons of The Crown, which has been long overdue. Very and, good. Uh, but yes, and I did travel uh, a lot and uh, got to see my daughters who live in New York City and Washington, D.C., and I didn't have to get a hotel room in either of those places, Woo. so that was delightful. And uh, then did a lot of hiking in South Dakota and Wyoming. Ah, yes. The scary, tight little cave. Maybe a story for uh, another day. National Park. Uh, That was surprising. Yes. Be warned. It gets tight in there. I, too, got stuck in a tight space uh, in Johto bell tower and lost a pair of sunglasses as a result but still a worthwhile experience a little surprised that you were pickpocketed you're a fairly seasoned traveler well i tried to explain it i was having i was on the verge of a bit of a panic attack all right i was stuck between 10 people on both sides and other people were coming up the stairs there was no this was the one point with no windows in the tower stone you know medieval stone walls renaissance stone walls up around you and even talking about it gets me a little breathy uh but I was uh, I was vic- I was um, targeted at a weak moment. I will say because I and I didn't want my glasses to fall on my head, and that's why they were in there. But I got brand new glasses as a result, and I love them so. Even if Sherry thinks they're pimpy, they, they, uh, they're a little large, and they're they're larger than the ones because you lost aviators, right? Yeah, those are aviators. They're the same size as those ones. I have my smaller aviators. Oh, I don't think so. They're 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 big. They cover. They're your flashy. Face. I love them. I love flashy glasses. So, um, yeah. Well, what are you drinking tonight, Sherry? I think we're going to sound a little bit repetitive here, aren't we? By the we glance of the game. Um, we're what drinking the same thing. So, uh, yeah, I am uh, enjoying. I have one left. A nice little pernicious IPA from uh, Wicked Weed Brewing Company in Asheville. It is my last one. I bought a bought a six pack when I was up in Knoxville at the beginning part of the summer, and uh, and I shared one with Zach for his big yeah. number thirty three birthday as well. He got a shot in a beer. Yes, I did get a shot in a beer. I haven't done the shot yet. I, I should have brought that, but I, I love a gift beer. Maybe someday we'll be at the point where I'm saying Sherry and I are both drinking the same beer tonight. Brought to you by you know, <laughs> like that'd be, that'd be nice. Great. 
Uh, looking at you. Uh, yes, yeah, so many of you are Wicked Weed fans, and if you're in uh, North Carolina, if they would like to uh, come on as what, a sponsor to the yeah, show, yeah. Uh, we're, we're at least I'm a genuine fan. I am. Oh yes, I I love Pernicious uh, IPA. It's a, it's a very smooth but very hoppy uh, IPA. So we're both drinking Pernicious tonight. Uh, we'll get to shot. And it wasn't, it wasn't planned. planned. It wasn't planned. Of course, I grabbed mine because we're you're on here. But there are some creepy looking bug things on the on the bottle. It's kind of it's a trippy purple can, I should say. So well, we'll get to bugs. shots later. Those are hops. They're not bugs. They're hops. There are there are like spider things on there, Sherry. There's like one has like legs. Oh, those are hops. No, right here. Look at my screen. That is an insect right by the right by the oh, R. Yeah, it is. I thought it was yeah. just a hops. Ball. I think some of them might be. It's, I don't know. It's this kind of a freaky, hoppy, you know, little freaky thing. I'm going to turn that because I don't like it staring is the, at me. Uh, is the other one an insect? I don't think so. I think it's all plants and hops. You're right about most of it. So, huh. I, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, let's get to it. The Girl King of Sweden. What will Sherry have to say about her? Let's find out. But first, it's some history for you, a reason to drink for me. It's the history of the great minds that made history come to be. So, Christine of Sweden, this season I've gotten into the habit of asking my guests what their thoughts were on each great mind. Uh, so, Sherry, what would you think of Christina of Sweden? I will say that uh, Christina is my number one gal now. I really enjoyed it. I knew nothing about her at all uh, before the podcast. But, uh, you know, I am I am a, a good one for a good uh, mavericky woman. And mm-hmm. I think she fits that bill. You know, my favorite quote is by Laurel Thatcher Ulrich. And it is, uh, well-behaved women never make history. And I have mm-hmm. it on a plaque behind me in my home office. Yep. And it's also in my classroom. And I think that that embodies Christina pretty well. So I enjoy sure learning about her and uh, I like her. I do too. I do. And I like that, you know, she wasn't, I guess, by that quote, uh, what is it, well-behaved, I guess, I guess by the, the norms of the day. And that kind of is what allowed her to make some history, even though she, she didn't necessarily set herself on the right path to make it oh yeah there it is yes well-behaved women seldom make history and it's it's a great quote and it's a great quote to move into christina but you know a rare bonus and i'm glad you liked her i really am because you liking european monarch uh you know you tend to like the female european monarch but european monarchs except elizabeth ii you liked some you liked catherine oh, no, and I catherine like yeah both I'm, catherine. I'm, I'm into a good strong female leader and sure, uh, sure. you know i don't know enough about whether or not the leader moniker was really what Christina was about, but I admired all the different things she did while sure. she was, you know, governing and uh, after she mm-hmm. was governing as well. Plus she's got a little absolutely. Polish connection too. And I'm Polish. So sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. She, yes, yeah, she almost, she wanted to be queen of, of Poland there. That would have been, she could have been, it would have been interesting if she would have gotten like all of those different crowns at various points and then just kept getting different ones each time. That would have made for a, a spicy actually, story. Didn't she actually dissolve Poland though at one point? No, that was Catherine the Great. Oh, Catherine. Yeah. Catherine the Great. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But um, so, well, in a rare bonus twist, we actually already had our round of shots. So I have to ask Sherry, and I, I, I mean, you might've read the post, but I don't know if you listened to the episode, but uh, do you agree with Cullen Luke and Andy Cheevers? Should Catherine the Great have won out over Christina of Sweden? I, I probably, I mean, as much as I like Christina Sweden, I would agree with that. I think Catherine's influence was more far reaching and just the fact that she governed Russia 
which was such a massive, sure. massive area. I think that gives her just a, a geographic and a, and a populous edge. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't listen to it, but I would agree with that as well. But I mean, I like Catherine the Great. I, I think I might like Christina better. Uh, you know, I'm always one to not go with somebody who's the obvious choice. And I think that she is a, an underrated monarch. Sure, I agree. And I, I, I mean... You know I'm a Catherine de' Medici fan, uh, but I think Christina might have pulled ahead a little bit. I think I knew nothing going in. I actually didn't really know she abdicated until I started. I mean, that's kind of what got me drawn to her for this season. And she was actually one of the key reasons I decided to follow this rise and fall trend. So, well, it looks like Catherine the Great officially, uh, by all standards and decisions, save Kelly and my own, wins out. Uh, and she'll be it there at the Battle Royale. Um, and it's probably probably an accurate uh, assessment. But I did love that Cheevers actually cited you as his reasoning. He gave all this beautiful, articulate stuff about Christina Sweeney. He's like, but as Sherry said, Catherine is the great. And I, <laughs> so we don't get anything on Catherine. We just get... But Sherry said Shout out on a Shots episode. How about that? Well, no, it was actually on uh, the Facebook group uh, because he's our official tiebreaker. Whenever we have a tie on Shots now, which has happened twice, we we call it Cheever's Choice. Uh, (laughs) And we just decided that on the fly because we had never had a tie before because it always is me versus the other three. Uh, So, whatever. Well, you know, let's put our 20 minutes on the clock because honestly, I have no burning psych questions for you. I, I probably could have a thousand. Christina really made me think a lot about, uh, you know, a lot of the content we've covered on the show already. Grit, identity crisis, altruism, parenting issues, plenty of Freud, and hell, even a little bit of positive psychology. And the list kept going on. And I just kept going through all the things we've covered. I'm like, I'm not going to ask 50 questions. So what have you brought for us tonight? Well, first of all, psychology is everywhere. So everything applies to everything. It's it's such a great, uh, great social science. It's a fascinating thing. Yeah, well, what I'm going to throw out there, I, you know, I really thought long and hard as I was listening to the episode the first time, but I'm going to put out something very simple, and that is the concept of having a self-concept. Oh, and, okay. Uh, you know, it's, we throw that word around all the time with the emphasis of mental health now and self-care, and any of us who are in education have, you know, learned about the importance of helping young people develop a good, healthy self-concept. But, um, you know, I think Christina may have been ahead of her time that she actually knew who she was. And, uh, you know, that term self-concept did not come up until social psychology, which uh, took root in the late 1950s, early 1960s. And uh, it was uh, Carl Rogers, who is a very renowned uh, psychologist, particularly a therapist. Uh, who came up with that idea within the humanistic perspective of psychology, where we look for looking at how people think and what they do in terms of their desire to help themselves grow and reach uh, whatever their potential is. And he is the person who came up with that idea of a self-concept. But I think that's a good one to throw out there for Christina. Sure. And I mean, I've heard you bring up Carl Rogers before. I think it was that humanistic point. I, I don't know why. I, I We haven't talked about him, but I, I've heard you say that name before, like as a, and then there's this guy, you know, kind of thing. But I'm interested to hear a little bit about it. So self-concept Carl Rogers. Yeah, Carl Rogers was is usually studied along the same lines of Abraham Maslow, who is usually a little bit more, you know, 
more publicly known for his contributions uh, with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, especially in education. We talk about that a lot now. But Rogers was a therapist, and he is the person who really broke from the tradition that Sigmund Freud started as really the first therapist. Um, and Rogers believed that he was really no better than the people who came to seek his assistance, and he really believed that they were partners in their therapy. Freud believed in much more of a top-down approach, but when we think about what most therapy settings are now with um, somebody who is seeking some assistance with their mental health um, and the therapist works with them in a partnership. It's what's called person-centered therapy or client-centered therapy. And that is all attributed to Rogers, um, who by most accounts was a really nice person. And his daughter Ooh. also went into the same field. But um, when we look at a lot of the terminology, especially that is used in um, education and other social services, a lot of the terminology and the vocabulary is accredited to the work Rogers did. So when you think of something as simple as, well, how, how does one become self-aware? How do you get to know the person that you are? He is the person who came up with self-concept. And I okay. think that even by virtue of Christina's abdication, she knew who she was. And mm -hmm. so I think it's uh, an appropriate term to throw out there for her. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, she just to do the things she did to love the people she loved, she had to have a, a, a firm understanding of, of herself. And that's kind of what you're saying, right? Like I understood that correctly. And maybe not a firm understanding, but she was willing to make decisions that she knew that she could live with regardless of the cost to them. And, you know, I, I okay. thought about the word principled, but I don't know enough about her. And I mean, she did she did some nasty things too, but I think uh, you know, overall she she knew what her limitations were. She understood her likes, her dislikes, her passions, and that ruled a lot of how she ruled. Mm -hmm. and even when she oh, didn't. Yeah. yeah, with Christina, it's kind of like ruled and lived. You know, like her life after rule is is, is almost. I mean, to me, that's where you saw so much of her her greatness. I, I think she had abilities as a monarch, but I think that. She really shined afterwards. So it's interesting. So, I, I mean, I, I don't like to interject too much. I know we want to see your voice bar moving more during these 20 minutes. But what else did you have to say about self-concept or anything like that? Well, you know, the other thing that I think is a natural thing to talk about with Christina is, and, you know, at the point that you brought up in the podcast where she, you know, has a, a great link to the current LBGTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, talking about, you know, and, and I don't know how much that has been reported about her historically is just rooted in a basic understanding of gender or stereotypes or whatever it is. But, you know, when I was listening to the podcast and just thinking about what it must have been like for her from a very mm -hmm. early age, I mean, her mother thought she was ugly at a very early age sure. and, um, you know, clearly living with a lot of people focusing on the fact that she did not look like a traditional female of sure. that era. Um, you know, I think when we consider how the notion of gender has evolved for many people, especially over the last 15 years. You know, I think it's, it's, it would be interesting to have her present now to sure. 
interview her to or talk with her about what she really had to go through at that point in time. And, you know, we're living in an age right now in 2022, especially here in Florida, for those of you who know, um, those of us who, who teach concepts that are related to sexuality mm-hmm. and gender are having to tiptoe around what we mm-hmm. do this year. And there have been a great deal of changes over the past six months in the state. And today I was going through the different concepts I have to teach in developmental psychology. And I'm just really pondering how I'm going to do that when I know it is so important to the majority of my students to be able Mm -hmm. to discuss some of these concepts um, in class. So what I thought that I would do, I told Zach, I just, I pulled up the teaching PowerPoint uh, that I use with my students and the things that are in my curriculum, you know, that we talk about, um, you know, words that I really were not part of my vocabulary until I became um, a psych teacher. And especially once I started to get to, get to know um, some of my students who identify as non-traditional genders, you know, words like agender, not having a gender identity, mm-hmm. um, you know, gender binary, you know, uh, gender fluid people whose identity switches between genders, uh, gender nonconforming, and I think that's a great phrase that goes along with Christina mm-hmm. uh, when you know the gender is inconsistent with what the norms are at the time. So, you know, I think that uh, it would be very interesting, you know, if cryogenics did exist and she would come back now, uh, what she would have to say about her existence during her reign um, and what she would say about uh, the state of the world now. I think would be. Yeah, interesting. I, I feel like in I, I knew that it was. Kind kind of leading to this because I've been thinking about the whole time you were talking too is, is Christina Sweden. I think she would just, you could pop her down in, in today and what? she wouldn't be like taken back by much. She would be curious about it, but she wouldn't, nothing would really like, like oh, well, I can't have that. You know, she'd be like, oh, that's interesting and totally on board. <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like she was kind of like that free spirited kind of person. So we've discussed the self-concept, you know, a little 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 blip on, on gender there. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No, those were the two big things. You know, the other thing that I really liked about her is the fact that she picked fights. And yeah. You know, I, I think that you always have two choices, to be silent or to say something. And she clearly was of the type, which I think had to be very atypical for a female back in that day to stand up and say something. And I think that, you know, having that uh, bit of bit of courage or bravery or chutzpah or whatever you want to call it, I, I think is what attracts me to her story as a woman in 2022. But I think that's interesting too. For sure. So Carl Rogers, though, did he do anything else? Because I was just glancing, trying to see what I remember his name from, or is it just a common last name that I'm just confusing him with somebody else? Well, he's also associated with a lot of techniques that are used in therapy and also in like HR skills. Like he's, he's known for act the term active listening that when you're engaged in conversation with somebody or um, you know, in the business world, it is often used for managerial skills or interview skills that uh, you know, you show active listening, by repeating back phrases that you heard the person say um, or to ask clarifying questions uh, when somebody makes a comment um, as a way to... Isn't that what we did in our little pre-education or pre-school thing? Isn't that the game they were playing at the the PD we had the other day? We had to do it. Do You know, I had to do with it. And, um, you know, what, what were we in this week that they were also talking about? 
active listening. It was, that, it was that first thing that the guy that came to teach us about stuff, and he's like, you know, oh, the, there, but yeah, the guy that was there. Um, yeah. you know, but so. that's that's a Carl Rogers concept, and yeah. then his other big one, uh, which is an interesting one, is unconditional positive regard, and unconditional positive regard is the idea that even when somebody tells you something very unsavory or when somebody disagrees with you, you still regard them in a positive light. You don't judge them. Seems to be a little absent in 2022 society right now. But, uh, you know, know, being teachers, those are things that I think are part of most good teachers practice anyways. But, you know, it's always interesting. All of these behaviors and strategies and techniques that you learn. I, I always think it's interesting to find out, well, where did it start? Like who came yeah. up with the idea of self Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's all Carl Rogers. Is that different from being like just self-aware? Is that something different or like is self-concept? I don't know. Like self-awareness. Is that like, is, is your idea of, of who you are. I mean, it's, it's multifaceted. Okay, I mean, cool. self-awareness is just your understanding of where you are at any particular moment, but self-concept is the type of person that you are, the beliefs that you have, the values that you have, your likes, your dislikes, your positive and negative self-appraisal. I mean, all of that goes into self-concept. I, I kind of figured they were a little different. That's why I asked. Because the first, when you talk self-concept, I'm like, wait, so like being, you know, aware of yourself, but, and then I'm sitting here looking at it. It's like, oh, that those two kind of go against each other. So I figured you could explain it better than me. So that's awesome. Well, um, if you have nothing else to say about Christina. I don't want to cut off any thoughts you have or anything. And I mean, we can always come back for final thoughts. I did want to take a pivot uh, to our Patreon bonus episode, if that's okay with you. I'm looking, I have a note here on my post-it note that I cannot read now because it's so late. Better. Oh, brought a little chaos to her life. I love that line. That was great. Well, we can, uh, do you want to do that in final thoughts or you want to talk about it now? I don't care. Okay, we'll do it in final thoughts. Brought a little chaos. Brought a little chaos. We'll come back to that. Uh, but speaking of it, brought a little chaos to something I can't read. Well, uh, speaking of a little chaos, uh, if it's all right with you, I wanted to pivot to this round's Patreon bonus episode. So as we head over to Patreon bonus land, I actually messaged Sherry and I said, hey, I really want to talk about the influence of the Pope and uh, Popes and Popes in the past. And, uh, you know, because it was something that kept coming up and I got excited about it. My visit to St. Peter's, it got me thinking, you know, what's the psych behind a Pope? And then I said to Sherry, can you talk about that? And she's like, I don't really have anything to say about the psych behind a Pope. But I actually, uh, I actually yeah. did think of something to say about that. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it up still in Patreon land. Um, you know, you know, so I mean, a pope operates a lot like a lot of our great minds as an individual, but there's something interesting behind the office that kind of has transcended time itself. That's something that really fascinates me. But whether that happens exactly or not, uh, you know, because we couldn't exactly uh, come up with a perfect thing to say, but Sherry has something now. And also, we always are weary of getting too religious on the show or in, in our conversations. Uh, so who knows exactly what we'll discuss, but those tend to make for the first ones. But one thing I also wanted to ask as we move to Patreon land is um, that what, what, other than not self-concept, but something totally different. Like what allows someone to just not give a fuck about what anybody else thinks? And that's like, (laughs) I just was wondering if you had an opinion on that as we move into our surprise Patreon discussion. So listeners just follow the link in the show notes to get a little discussion on popes and what makes people never give a fuck. Uh, She was a a sexually open person, so I didn't know if there was anything there, but uh, with her relationships, I mean. Uh, Maybe a little bit more Masters and Johnson than Freud, I don't know. Ooh, we can't go down that beaver hole again, not even on Patreon. (laughs) Masters and Johnson is a dangerous, slippery slope for me. (laughs) Anything else you want to say in Patreon, man, before we head back to the show and wrap it up? 
No, I think she was. I think she was just, uh, you know, whatever and whenever that badassery became part of her personality, uh, there there is something to be said about that. And I would have never believed it had I not now been 53 years old and and understood my transition. And even in my sure. 40s, which I love my 40s, still very much aware and concerned about what other people thought about me. Mm. And something happened at 50 and... Uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that I still have a social f- or a, a social filter and things like that, but I am very comfortable saying no now. Just yeah. Because. Well, no is a powerful word. Christina said, no, I don't want to be the queen of Sweden anymore. Uh, and, and, you know, she said, no, I don't give a shit what you have to say, Pope X, Y, or Z. No is a powerful word, uh, whether you're not giving a fuck or, you know, you're, uh, well, I don't know, just working your day job. I don't know. But uh, so, for well, you, so for any of you who have not hit your 50s yet, uh, you'll get there too. And it's, we, it's, will, a, it's an incredibly finish. freeing thing. No, oh, I can't I wait. I just turned 33, so I'm going to hold on to those 30s for a little bit more. But uh, thanks for listening to this uh, last call bonus episode from Twist of Psych. Uh, listeners, uh, thanks for supporting the show. And regular listeners who aren't on Patreon, if you uh, want to figure out what we were just talking about there. Go and support the show by following the link in the show notes and get access to all sorts of fun bonus conversations, including this one about popes, car salesmen, and why people just don't give a fuck, uh, which totally fits with Christina. So any final thoughts, Sherry? I know we went into Patreon talking about chaos. What was this chaos quote you wanted to wrap up with? I know you said something that uh, she brought a little bit of chaos whenever she or wherever she went. Maybe that was it. That was oh, something quote. like, oh, this is me. You're quoting me. Oh, I thought it yes. sounded good. Oh, yeah. yeah that was a yeah, good yeah, quote. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing that I actually really like about Christina, and it's what I what I admire in other people, is you said that uh, she was a bit of a catastrophe. And I yeah, think that there bit. is something to be said with somebody who is flawed. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the monarchs that are studied constantly wanted the perception of them to be perfection. Mm-hmm. And... I like a little bit of catastrophe. I like when I people too. are unpolished and flawed and do unpolitically correct things um, because that's human nature and that's being real. So that's what I liked about her. I mean, the, the, the woman pissed off Louis the Fourteenth, Louis the Fourteenth's mother, Anne of Austria, Cardinal Mazarin, four popes. Well, one liked her and didn't like her by the end. One loved her and died quickly. And then the last two, she just did nothing but piss off. And I'm sure she pissed off countless people, but she also had so much love in her life that people uh, adored her and that she was so open-minded. So sure, she was like this force of chaos, this beautiful beautiful catastrophe but there was some semblance of social personal harmony in there and i think that comes back full circle to your self-concept piece you know that personal harmony that exists and existed within christina and i i think that's what makes her such a cool figure to cover on the show that really she could have fit in any season but this rise and fall i i I think she was a perfect figure to showcase in this one so it just seems like christina is somebody that you could have like you could invite have a drink. Um, I don't know if I would do that with any of the other monarchs that we've covered. A few. Churchill, maybe. Mm-hmm. Charles, but you hate him. Watching the uh, Crown, I don't think so. Sure, yeah, um, he's kind of dumpy in that. But, but I, I just, I, I think that you know, like, I don't think Churchill would have would have on a regular basis sat down with a common man and had a beer at the pub. Sure, I, I didn't. Sat with with other people in the aristocracy or other people who were in parliament, I think he would have done that. But Christina, I just feel would have sat with anybody. Sure. I agree. Like there was that point where she like opened her house to the debauched of Rome, you know, and I, I don't think that she 
I, I think maybe she gave most people a, a fair chance. Don't fuck with her or you're done. But, you know, I mean, literally in some cases, dead, done. But still. So, well, well, anything else? Or are we ready uh, ready to wrap this up? Ready rarely, rarely do we stay true to our time, but that's it. Oh, what We're that weary teachers and we know I that know. the end of the road is this week. That's why. Yes. Yes, that's a great boys to men song, End of the Road. Uh, so, well, that's it. If you enjoyed this episode of Drinks Great with My... Oh, wow. If you enjoyed this episode of Drinks with Great Minds in History, then please consider leaving the show a great, hopefully, five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at DGMH History, and be sure to join in the conversation that Sherry just thinks is a little bit too much on the DGMH Facebook group. Uh, so- <laughs> That's what she said the other day. But we have plenty of fun chats there, and uh, we share some memes and I, some good time. I told time. you, I can, my reading threshold is slim. Well. DGMH is very voluminous on social media. Well, those voluminous posts are what I use to share to other pages through my personal account to try and draw people to our page and maybe listen. But people like voluminous. Uh, I'm not knocking that. To each their own. I am just not one of those people. I get lost very easily. I tried to read the Twilight series multiple times, and I could not get past five. I, I watched the movies. They were great, but... Maybe I'll start reposting everything I post, but in a Sherry short, like three words, and that's it. You did once say to me, you like Twitter because it's like 300 characters or whatever, and that's it. You get no more. Nothing nothing limits me. But if you're all caught up and looking for even more DGMH, or you just love the show, maybe then you'll consider supporting the show over on the DGMH Patreon page. There, listeners can get access to even more great content, including bonus psych episodes and shots conversations, pregame chats on all kinds of fun listener questions, and even more uh, extra moments with Mr. DGMH, Cullen Chats China, Pete chats portugal and coming in august another moment with mr dgmh where i begin my exploration of the 30 years war and finally oh what? i already do said I have that to chat something if you, you ever want to do, if you want a chat series, the chat series, you kind of have a chat series. Chats kind of works just like a twist of psych. But if you ever want a chat series on like a, a focused piece of psychology, whether it's one per, I don't know, you could have a chat. Chats are open to anyone on the show who wants a chats series. Yes. Cullen does chats with me about you, Does that involve you too? Yeah. You chat with me. I chat about, you know, Cullen chats China chats. He teaches me about the rich history of China that I know next to nothing about. And in Pete chats Portugal, I kind of flip it and talk about the rich, forgotten, and ignored history of Portugal. Uh, so that's We're Cullen and I back forth. Cullen? Cullen. Oh, no, in the moment, yes. In the, <laughs> in the chats, it's me and Cullen so far. Cullen and I, I don't know. And, uh, you know, to pay homage to Cullen. <laughs> Listen to Patreon to find out that why that joke's funny. Uh, but in the moments and another moment, that's just me and my microphone. Yeah, that's just me waiting for people to show up. So, well, that's that's the longest show closer I've ever done. But still, <laughs> tonight, uh, we raise a glass. Oh, we're not ready to raise a glass yet. What are you doing a shot of tonight, Sherry? Oh, what am I doing a shot of? So <laughs> this summer, my mother and I drank a three quarters of a mason jar full of banana put in moonshine so I a shot of the remaining quarter mason jar of banana put in with the i, I love it pudding yes moonshine. it has, has to be pudding, pudding. Uh, banana pudding moonshine who makes that uh, you know an appalachian distillery neat did you bring it back from your travels or uh, it's from tennessee 
Fun. I'm very excited. I'm going to have to look this up. Pudding. Banana pudding. Well, I'm drinking something that looks a bit like banana pudding, but a little orange. Uh, but I am drinking uh, my melon cello that I bought. Of all the limoncello, there are three limoncellos, a pistachio cello, and melon cello to try at Nino's and Friends in Florence. And I went four times to get free shots and candies and just I, I bought like enough to get me through four days of free shots and candies. Very American thing of me to do, but I love the Sam's Club lifestyle of total wine. Uh, so I'm doing a melon cello shot, which is, is a very, very delightful. I'll post a picture to the, uh, to the uh, social media, but uh, well, Sh- hang on. It's Sugarlands is the name of the company. Sugarlands. Well, Sugarlands, well. Appalachian banana pudding, sipping cream, but it's puddings. <laughs> the title just keeps getting funnier for me. I don't know why, but, but the funnier thing oh. is the fact that my mother-in-law and I drank three quarters of the mason jar. Oh, your mother-in-law. I thought you said your mother, and I no, you had me taken, uh, taken aback there. The elves in the family uh, went shopping for the University of Tennessee gear, and she and I decided to uh, stay home and drink moonshine. Banana pudding moonshine. I love that. That's fun. Well, that's a fun story. But all right. Well, tonight we we raise one final glass for now, at least, to Christina, girl king, queen of Sweden, whatever you want to call her. She was fun. She didn't give a fuck. And she had a certainly, uh, you know, aware sense of self, a self-concept. I don't know how to properly word that, but if, Sherry, you have a better way to word it, please do. I think she was ahead of her time. I don't think it was a weird self-concept. I think she... She knew who she was, and she knew that she was not a run-of-the-mill female European monarch and just decided to do that's her true. Own. And that's why Sherry actually enjoyed this European monarch. And on that note, of course, cheers to our psychology all-star, Dr. Sherry Valencic. Uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, cheers. Cheers. Mm. That is so good. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jackie likes that, too. It is so are good. Are you supposed to shoot that, or are you supposed to sip that? Sip that. I've been sipping it the whole time, but I saved a little to shoot. So, are you supposed to sip that or shoot that? Oh, it's sipping pudding. That's it's right. Pudding. It's sipping pudding. It's really good. I was going to do the what's Kenny Chesney's rum? Blue cherry. Banana or uh, blue cherry? Yeah, I was going to do his banana rum, but then I was like, "Ooh, I got the rest of the moonshine." Oh well, sipping uh, sipping pudding moonshine and uh, cheers and uh, skull. That's uh, that's the Swedish one. So skull. Cheers.